Hello coders, good afternoon, good evening in fact, it is eight, five minutes past eight, seven minutes past eight, I'm a little bit late, I do apologise, welcome, it is episode 85 of the How to Code Well podcast, it is uh, the 17th of December, <laughs> I should have known that by now, 17th of December, episode 85, and today's topic is going to be centred around five things I would learn in 2021 if I was a new software developer. So for the past uh, couple of weeks, I've been thinking about if I was to start again in 2021, what are the things that I would like to learn first? And what are the things that uh, I wish were taught to me when I was studying um, as, as, a, as a developer? And um, it's, uh, it's, oh, Hello. Thank you for joining Bernard. Thank you very much. I should say this is live. <laughs> this is live. So if you've got any questions, then please do ask throughout the show and uh, I will uh, answer them uh, probably at the end, if not in between. So thank you for joining Bernard. Thank you very much. You're asking about a Laravel course. I will answer that later <laughs> if that's all right. Before we get into the um before we get into the topic which is the five things I would like to I would learn in 2021 if I was a new software developer, I just want to do some housekeeping first. <clears throat> some housekeeping first. So first of all, uh there is episode 84 and 83 now are available on the podcast players, Spotify, Google Podcast, iTunes, all of that stuff. I do apologize for not getting these out uh sooner. Um, it's just, uh, work at the moment has been quite busy. So churning these out, um, after I actually do a live stream, I've got to wait for it to, to sort of encode and all that jazz. So it, it doesn't happen, uh, as quickly as I would like it to, uh, but I'm going to try and sort that out, um, in, in the coming, in the coming, uh, weeks and months as we go on. The next thing is that, um, I've added a suggestions channel to the Discord server. So if you go to howtocodewell.net forward slash Discord, if you haven't joined yet, there is a suggestions for HTCW, how to code well. So if you've got any suggestions, as Bernard has just mentioned here about Laravel, um, if you're on the Discord server, you can put in suggestions there too. And uh, I will look at those and consider those for new content, new tutorials and courses going forward. Excuse me. Um, and also version uh, 1.6 is now available on the simple image grid. This is a, an NPM package that I've been creating for, well, a simple image grid for the how to cope well website. Uh, so that is, that is available. Um, uh, I just published that a few, few evenings ago, which is awesome. Okay. So let's get into the guts of this. <laughs> the, the five things I would learn in 2021 if I was a new software developer, because, um, ah, uh, yeah, when I learned programming, I think I did it wrong. <laughs> I think I learned it in the wrong way. Um, and it's only really now that I've actually fully appreciated. Um, well, I said to say now in the last few years, I fully appreciated what programming actually is, um, going through, uh, university, college, uh, full-time, uh, work and, uh, doing different projects for different disciplines. So different industries, agricultural, uh, industries, uh, e-commerce industries, uh, all sorts of, all sorts of systems for, um, uh, monitoring, you know, that are sort of not on the web, that kind of stuff. 
Um, I've done all sorts of bits and pieces and it's only on reflection that I have sort of established this sort of thought process of what programming means to me. And if I wish someone was, was, would, would have told me that right at the start, I think I would have been able to skip a couple of hoops. So I, I've locked this down into five things. So five things, um, that I wish someone would have told me, uh, if I was to start programming again in 2021, and I thought it would be great to share that with you. So the first one, <laughs> the first one is to, uh, care more about the concepts of programming than the tools. And throughout these, what I'll probably do is end up going off onto random tangents. If you watch the live streams, the Twitch streams, uh, you'll know that I go off on random tangents. So I'll probably do this today. So care more about the concepts than the tools. Okay. What is a concept and what is a tool in terms of programming? So a tool, um, is the IDE. It is, uh, the thing that you use to do the thing that you want to achieve. <laughs> and there are many things that you could do you, that you could use. There's many IDEs. There's many, the programming language is itself a tool. And one of the biggest mistakes that I think I made right at the start was that I got too hung up on what programming language to learn. And also I was studying, I was, it, it was both self-taught as well as studying at college. I did two college courses and I went to university each of those times I was studying something new in, pro in a new programming language, but the essence of programming was never really sort of established, not in my head at least. Um, and so I learnt very quickly to dislike programming because I disliked the tools that I was using. <laughs> so for instance, the first thing I, I, the first programming language I learnt was visual, uh, visual basics, visual basic six. Then it was ASP classic. Then it was Java. Um, Perl, PHP. And I didn't like, uh, visual basic, not at all. Um, I just didn't like it. Just didn't like it. It turned me off of programming. I didn't like Perl. Uh, that was fr very frustrating. I hated Java, um, when I was studying at the time and each one of these things made me feel like I didn't want to progress, uh, because I was struggling with this thing. And the trouble at that point was all I knew was what I was being taught. So I didn't, I didn't even know what PHP was when I was learning, say, um, visual, visual basics. I think even before that I was using, um, I, I was, I did a bit of basic itself, you know, the, the BBC stuff. Um, so I was very sort of, uh, dialed into the thing that I was, studying and that's the world that I was in and I thought that that was the only world that I that I would ever get into and I was finding it frustrating and the point of this is that um is to try this is number point number two is to try all the things more than once <laughs> so I I disliked Java and so I've never used Java again <laughs> um and whether it was the way it was taught to me whether it was just my, um, my, my childishness at that time. Um, maybe it was because I didn't allow my brain to expand and, and understand why Java was so Java. <laughs> um, because I learned Java before, um, 
before a lot of flexible languages. And I didn't realize the flexibility of those other languages. Um, and, uh, yeah, so try as many things as possible. But the thing is to do with caring about, let's going back to point one, caring more about the concepts than the tools. Let's, let's talk now about what the concepts are. So if you don't know what an IPO is in programming, then, uh, do stick about. Okay. So it's, it's understanding what the, it's understanding the principles and the concepts that all programming languages share. This is in my opinion. And there are, there are, and it's taken me a while to realize this. There are several core principles and concepts that every programming language, every tool shares. Um, and some do them slightly differently, but they really go back to the, their core principles. For example, um, just things like knowing how to create a variable. Okay. Every programming languages, languages, like every programming language has a variable. Every programming language has a means of looping through variables. There are many, um, design patterns shared across programming languages. And so if someone said to me, look, don't worry too much about, you know, visual, visual basics or Java or, or Perl, um, learn and be more, um, be more uh, concerned with the concepts, you know, what is a variable? And then, oh, FYI, now you know what that variable, what a variable is, you know, the data type, you know how to um, create a variable, how to assign a value to that variable. Oh, by the way, you can also do that in, in language X and language Y. You know, you don't have to be using this language all the time. And at the time when I was studying... I only knew that one language that I was studying. I didn't appreciate the world of programming because I didn't appreciate the concepts. Um, so IPO. So every program has three states. The first is input. So this is inputting uh, data into the thing into, into your application, into your programming, regardless of what it is. It could be, it could be a program that is on the web. It could be, you know, a website, for instance. Um, it could be an application that reads, um, uh, temperatures, right? So that's an input sensor input. Okay. So it's, there, there is an input. There is also a process, which is P. So, um, that is what happens to that data. It is the process. This is very abstract terms, but every application has this. Um, now the process could be, it could hand off to something else, which means that that becomes an input to something else. Um, it could be, it could be storing it somewhere. It could be, um, doing a calculation on that inputted piece of data. After it's been processed, there is an output. Now, that output could be just printing it out to the screen. It could be, um, you know, sending an email. It could be doing all sorts of different things, but you end up with these three states, I, P, O, input, output, input, process, output. And once you establish that in your head, then you can look at other programming languages and go, it's just an I IPO. You know, that's all it is. 
it's just it's just structured slightly differently in the street furniture that is the other language. Um, so it doesn't matter if it's Java. It doesn't matter if it's JavaScript. It doesn't matter if it's PHP or Perl or Python. Um, they all, if you think of an input, a process and an output, and then, and then you, you, you tackle a problem and you look at, look at it in that sense, IPO, how many inputs, processes and outputs in that application? And then let's sort of decouple the problem into smaller little chunks and then work on each individual thing. If that was taught to me when I started, that would have just, that would have blown my head. I mean, that, that's, I didn't appreciate that. <laughs> I didn't appreciate that. I, and I remember going, coming back from, um, at university and one of my friends who was doing a robotics course, uh, at the time, he, um, he mentioned that he was building a robot for his, um, his university degree, totally different, different university to where I was. And he said, look, this is, um, this is the code that I was using. I forget what it was. I think it it might've been C or something like that. So I had a look at the code and it was like, hang on a minute. I can read this. I can understand what your robot is doing because it's, I'm, I'm, what I'm looking at here. Yes, it's in C, but what I'm actually looking at if I look past the street furniture that is the language, I am looking at the inputs, the processes, and the outputs. And in the sense of the robot, it was like, well, you know, you've got your your conditions, your conditionals. And I think if I remember rightly, this robot was sensing its location. Um and if it if it hit something, it would it would reverse or go the opposite way. And so it would read from sensors inputs. It would decide what to do. That would be the process. And then it would output that as in it would, it would change direction <laughs> and it would be writing to a log file as it was doing, doing it. So it was just like, hang on a minute. I've spent six years studying web development, two college courses and a university degree. I come back home and I have a look at this robot. And I see the code and I can read the code. And that was mind blowing. It was like, wow, I can build robots. <laughs> it's code. It's code. It's because I appreciated the IPO and I could see, I didn't, I, I didn't understand the C, right? The, the actual language. I didn't, I didn't understand the syntax, but I understood how that robot worked because I understood the principles and the concepts of programming. And it's something that, like I said, wasn't ever mentioned to me that, oh, by the way, these things also can help build all sorts of stuff all over the place. I was so concerned with web development. That's all I thought code was, which was, it sounds daft and ridiculous now. So yeah, care more about the concepts than the tools. And another point to this is that the tools come and go. Uh, I mentioned this many times, especially if you use a tool, for instance, a framework like jQuery. I remember um, I learned vanilla JavaScript and then I just did a jQuery. That's all I was doing. jQuery, jQuery, jQuery. And um, which was fine, but obviously jQuery is not as not used as much. And unfortunately, 
because I was just in the world of jQuery for many, many years, whilst I was, you know, fully employed, um, you know, full time, um, JavaScript itself, the language itself went on without me. <laughs> so when I had to do a project that wasn't jQuery, I then had to relearn or learn more about JavaScript um, because I was left behind, because I was still in this world of JavaScript, this framework world. And then, you know, the uh, after several years, jQuery has started to die out. I haven't done a jQuery project in, a, in three years, something like that, two, three years. And, um, and so if you're still in this sort of little bubble of your tool, you know, that, that is the only tool that you know, then, uh, and, and then you get asked to, to do something else, uh, that is fundamental, the programming language, and you haven't had the opportunity or given yourself the opportunity to follow that, that change in that language, then you're going to get sadly left behind. Um, so that's another thing that I would would suggest to myself in 2021 is to be more concerned with the with the language than the framework. But we've we've mentioned that uh, many many times before. The next one, um, yeah, I've mentioned try all the things more than once. So, like, don't get too hung up on the fact that if you're struggling in Java, try JavaScript. <laughs> if you're struggling in in uh, Python try PHP. If you're struggling, you know, understanding the programming language, then uh, choose a different language. If you understand the concepts of programming, you you can transfer that those skills into other places. Now, obviously, certain programming languages have their own way of doing things, right? You know, some are more geared towards memory allocation. Some are more geared towards uh, stronger data types. Some are more geared to object orientation. Some are more geared to functional programming. F- fine, but if you if you start getting if you start getting depressed and frustrated and angry and and uh, annoyed that you aren't progressing, then you could always just turn tail and go somewhere else in the world of programming. Uh, same with frameworks. If you're if you're struggling with a framework, uh, say for instance, if you're struggling with React, then don't dismiss JavaScript. Dismiss React, try Vue, try something completely different in JavaScript world. Um, don't just think, oh, I'm having such a bad time with React. I'm going to not do anything else in JavaScript. You know, why am I even a JavaScript developer? I should have chosen the back end. No, React is very opinionated in its own world. So try something else. Okay, number three is broken up into three sort of sections. And this is ask yourself three things when debugging, because we always, I mean, most of this time we spend programming is time spent debugging, right? We are always debugging our code. (laughs) Um, And code will only do what you tell it to do. Okay. It's not going to suddenly magically go off somewhere and, and do something completely different. It's not going to just suddenly, you know, uh, spawn its own intelligence and do something completely d- different unless you've, you know, you've come up with some crazy AI thing. But we, let's bring it down to earth. When we're talking about new programmers here, um, 
So when you are debugging something for the first time, for the first time, um, there are three things that uh, I would recommend you ask yourself. The first one, it really comes back to the point, the first point, and that is, have I, uh, well, no, it doesn't. The first one is, have I read the task stroke ticket stroke challenge more than once? So a lot of times we get programming wrong because of human error, <laughs> because we haven't read the ch the thing that we need to do more than once, right? Um, how many, like if you do a, a maths exam um, and you're struggling with the maths exam, you sat, sat down with your pen and, and, the, and the, the paper and you're reading it, keep reading the question. If you don't understand the, what you're going to do, keep reading the question. Sometimes it clicks, sometimes it clicks. And this is the same with programming. If you've got a problem, if you're trying to solve a bug or a ticket or add something to a new feature and you're not sure how to come up with the solution, then read the problem again and again and again. And sometimes it helps as well to actually write the problem down. You know, I want to do this. Um, and to do that, I need to do this, this, and this. So, um, that's what I definitely recommend. So reread the, the challenge, the ticket, the task more than once, um, to, to properly understand it, write it out. And also, um, something that new coders I really highly recommend doing is to, is to write everything down without using programming, without using a lang, a programming language whatsoever. <laughs> the thing is, when you're, when you're completely fresh into programming, completely fresh into programming, the, the syntax looks like Egyptian hieroglyphs, right? They're just totally mad. Like, why would you have a dollar symbol? What's that all about? What is the, why is there three equals? Surely there's only, should only be one equals. Why, what's the difference between three equals, two equals? What's this exclamation mark? What's a colon? Why do I have to put a semicolon on the end? You know, what, what's the, what is going on here? All of that is what I call street furniture. All of that is the things that just get in the way of the problem that you're trying to solve. So what I highly recommend is to write, um, a single line for each process, process, remember the input process output for each process in the thing that you're trying to achieve. So for example, if you're, if it's say, I want to add X to Y, then def write out what is X, write out what you want Y to become, write out that you need to have a function, write out that you need to do that sort of, um, addition, and then write out that you need to return that back. And then once you've actually written that down in English or whatever your native language is, then write code around that, around the things that you've just written. You understand your English or your native language far more at this stage of your programming career, far more than you understand the programming language. Because the language is the thing that you you need to learn but you're trying to translate the problem in your head from your native language into a programming language. That's the challenge. That's the, that's the challenge. So first of all, you know, help yourself out, write that all out in your native language first. And then between each of those lines, those comments that you've just created, write the code. 
And then that's a, a way of reinforcing how you're going to learn it eventually. And then eventually you wouldn't have to put in those comments because you'll understand that, um, you know, in certain programming languages, um, an addition is actually a concatenation or whatever, or the fact that you have your, um, your data types wrong. You know, maybe you need to cast that, but you need to identify those concepts, those programming concepts first, and you need to explain that in readable form. And your readable form is not yet programming because you're trying to translate that in your head um, to a programming language using the syntax. Okay. Um, so yes, is it a problem with my understanding of a programming concept? So have I understood um, that all the programming things that I'm using for this challenge actually make sense? Do I know what the difference is between an integer and a Boolean? Do I know what the difference is between um, a for loop and a for each loop or a while loop? Or, uh, an, you know, do I know what a double ampersand is in an if statement? Do I know what an if statement is? Do I know what an else statement is? You know, do I know the the fundamentals of looping? Um, if you're coming up against a programming concept in a bug that you're trying to solve and you don't understand that programming concept, go away and learn that and then come back to the, come back to the problem. Um, this all comes back to the last point that I'm going to make right at the end of this. Um, but the, the number three in this, ask yourself these three things when debugging is, is it a problem with my implementation of the programming language? So once you've established that you've actually read and understood the challenge, the task, the ticket, um, that you're, or, or the, or the bug that you're trying to solve, once you've, once you know in your head, you know, how you should solve that in a sort of English or your native language. And if you've realized that, um, if you, if you are aware that of all the programming concepts in this, you understand, then it's probably a problem with the implementation of the programming language. You've probably put some of that street furniture in the wrong place. <laughs> so go and check that out. Um, okay. So number four, uh, is, is a big one. I've said this before, uh, before number four, I've said this before, uh, many times, and this is asking for help. So there's the thing is that I, I use this very simple, simple example of addition. So adding X to Y, but actually that's for a new programmer. That's actually quite a, a challenge. It's quite a challenge to do. If you were to tell me how to say add X to Y in, I don't know, Mandarin, I wouldn't be able to tell you because I don't understand the language, their language. I don't understand Mandarin. I've never spoken Mandarin. So that's, that's like, um, asking a new, a new, completely new programmer, completely fresh to programming. Can you write me a function to do an addition to return what X plus Y is? passing in both X and Y. I mean, <laughs> so ask questions, ask, ask questions, um, ask for as much help as you possibly can. And don't ever be afraid that you're asking too much help because there's never too much help. Um, 
you know, there's, there's never a point where someone is asking too much. Um, unless of course it turns into, can you just do my homework? (laughs) Because that's not helping. That's the difference between helping and, and, uh, and, and getting someone else to do it. Um, you want to make sure that every time you ask a question, you, you have that ingrained, that answer in, uh, ingrained. So you don't have to ask that question again. Um, and if you are, if you're new to programming and you're, you're, um, or if you're not new to programming, you're in, in, um, in your first job. If you're in your first job and you're not asking questions, then you're wasting time. If you are in a room full of programmers who you know are far superior at programming just because they've been there for longer than you are and you are not absorbing their knowledge like a sponge, then you're wasting your time. And this is, this is the problem that I had. Um, when I, when I started, um, I wasn't, I wasn't asking enough questions. Um, and I saw the failures, which is a point we'll get to in just a second as a failure of a reflection of upon myself rather than a learning opportunity, which is point number five. This is the last one. (coughs) So learn that failure is just a learning opportunity and that success is made from a mountain of failures. Um, you, if you think about how many bugs one can fix in a day, um, that those bugs need to be tested. Those, those tests usually don't work first time. Um, and so they're failing tests. You know, we have this concept called failing tests, TDD. So you've got to create a failing test first. Programming is all about failing. It's a failing cult. You know, the culture is teaches you to accept failure. Without failure, you do not know if your program is going to pass, you know, in the sense that without writing a failing test, you you don't have the appreciation of the specification of that program. That's, a, that's, a, that's another topic, TDD. Um, but what I'm saying is that Without, without going through several layers of failure, you'll never get to the, to the end, uh, the, 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 the end goal, the, the fix, the resolvement of your, of your particular issue. And I, I could tell you that there are bugs that haunt me and have haunted me for days, if not, you know, longer. Um, and there, there's some days where it's like, I haven't actually succeeded in any of my bug fixing because <laughs> I'm stuck on this stuck on this challenge. And if you flip it on the head, so you're not actually looking at bugs, but you're looking at new features. Well, you need to, you need to try different things in order to get a feature to work. Not everything is going to work straight away. Hardly anything does work straight away. In fact, I can't even think of a feature that worked straight off the bat with some of the projects that I've been doing recently. It's always been Oh yeah, this is, this hasn't worked. Um, so we'll try a different way or, oh yeah, this does work, but it's not very performant and therefore it's classed as a failure. So we need to, we need to speed it up and therefore we, we rebuild it doing, doing something completely differently. We look for the pinch points and where the performance is, the failing areas of the code, and then we fix them. <laughs> so get into the idea that failing in programming is actually moving forward and it's not a, it's never a reflection of how good or how bad you are as a programmer. It is, it is just a reflection of the things that you're learning. 
That's all it is. It's just the things that you're learning. And I think those five things, I'll recap. I think those five things, if I was taught those, if, if someone just came up and did a lecture and just mentioned those five things before I actually wrote a single line of code, I would be like, oh yeah, this isn't actually so bad. So number one is to care more about the concepts than the tools. That's, that's number one. Number two is to try all the things more than once. <laughs> so try, say, like, for instance, if you get fed up of React, try Vue. You know, don't just give up on JavaScript. Um, ask yourself three things when debugging. So have I read the task ticket or challenge more than once? So have I understood the thing that I'm actually trying to achieve? Is it a problem with my understanding of a programming concept that I'm trying to use? So I'm trying to use a for loop. Do I understand what a for loop does? Um, you know, I'm trying to use, I'm trying to convert a string to an integer. Do I understand how I can cast that correctly? Um, is it a problem with my implementation of the programming language? So have I used the street furniture in the wrong way? You know, is there a problem with, with say one of my um, curly braces are in the wrong way? Curly brackets are in the wrong way. Have I not uh, put a, a semicolon on the, on the end here? And there, this is where this is, I suppose this is where IDEs do, do come in really well because they can show you, they can prompt you, you know, with little highlighting things, but don't get too bulked down. As I mentioned with the tools, with the tooling, when I started to code, I was using notepad. <laughs> um, ask for help more. Keep asking for help. If you're, if you come home from work and you, this is your first ever job in programming and you're still scratching your head because you haven't asked a question then um, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do that. You want to come home with, with answers. You want to come home with answers. Um, and you want to find someone who is able to teach you um, and, and sort of take you under their wing and, and, and improve you. And by improving you, it means that you will be asking less questions or more challenging questions, which will improve them. Think of it like that. Uh, and the last one is to learn that failure is just a learning opportunity and that success is made from a mountain of failures. <laughs> so, so don't, don't ever go in thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to fix every single bug today because I'm awesome. And because I know everything about programming that never happens, <laughs> that, that never happens, uh, whatsoever. We are problem solvers. And I suppose I should, I should say that, um, in my opinion, we don't get hired because we know the programming language. That is an afterthought. We are hired because we are problem solvers. We solve problems. And in order to solve a problem, we must test different solutions. And by testing different solutions, we must accept that there's going to be failures. And we'll only ever land on one solution because that's the production code. So you need to go through a raft of failures before you, you know, that is the thing that I'm actually going to commit and push up to, uh, to GitHub. That is the solution that I've decided upon because I've tried all of the other stuff that hasn't worked. I failed on the, those things have failed. Not I failed. Those things have failed to solve the problem, but this thing, this works. And therefore I've needed to go through those steps 
of failure to get to that point. <coughs> okay. So just having a look at the, uh, the comments now, Bernard, uh, let's see, can you share on the discord channel before the end of the live stream? Of course I can. It's howtocodewell.net forward slash discord. I'll put this, uh, I'll type this out very quickly. Let's just jump on. I'll jump on the net. <laughs> I just, just grab the, grab the, grab the link. It's never easy to do this on, um, uh, oh, can't even remember. It's never easy to do this on a podcast or a video, um, because you're scrambling around, uh, like a headless chicken. There we go. Okay. I'll put it in the chat here. There you go. How to codewell.net forward slash discord. Um, it's totally free to join. <coughs> and, uh, there's, uh, there's a community there of, of programmers and, um, we, we answer each other's coding questions. Like I mentioned before, there is a suggestions, um, new channel that I've added there today, uh, where you can ask, suggest, you can suggest ideas to me for, uh, courses and videos and tutorials and, and, and podcast topics. Um, that would be pretty cool. So if you've got any ideas, then, uh, then, then post those in that channel. Um, but I was saying, I have a request from an interview for an interview video. Okay. I would like to see the way you interview people and what kind of answer you expect from the candidate. That's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. So yeah, I have, I have interviewed people before. I've been brought on as a, um, I suppose you would call it a developer, not a sort of the, the developer guru in the room, I suppose. <laughs> That sounds awful, but, um, there was a couple of times where I've been brought in to an, in an interview to interview in a, from a technical capacity. And obviously there was like HR there and other people there, um, who, or project owners there who weren't as technically minded and they, they relied upon me to come up with, um, questions and to assess the answers as also, as well as vetting the CVs beforehand. So, um, it's quite a, quite an extensive job. It's not just a case of, you know, here's five candidates go and go and, uh, go, go, go and spend the morning with them. It's, it was a case of here are 50 CVs. Now let's whittle them down to five and then off you go, Pete. Let's, well, it wasn't 50, like 20. Um, let's, let's put you into an interview room. Um, and then do a, do a, a debrief at the end and then hopefully pick, the best. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's always really weird having that sort of sense of responsibility and power and, and, uh, sort of, I'm, I, I think when I, when I was doing that, I was very empathetic or at least I was trying to be because I hate interviews. <laughs> I, I suck at interviews so bad myself being the interviewee. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, that would be an interesting topic to do. I'll give that some thought. Um, <laughs> it, yes. Well, it's the front door, isn't it? It's the, you, you say this is, this is where, this is the, the part where most people fail at the, at the interview stage. Definitely. Like this is, this is trying to get into the front door. And if you can't get into the front door, then, you know, that's, that's tough. That's tough. I have some very strong views on why interviewing is at the moment, certain interviews are really bad. Um, but I, I think I would like to condense my thoughts. Um, 
and uh, maybe come out with some sort of bulleted list like what I've got in my notes at the moment for this topic today today to list those out. And it's it's very difficult because for it's different for different people. Um, some people really like interviews. Some people hate them. And some people prefer interviews that have certain things in them. I mean, I, I can give you some horror stories. Um, I, I won't today, but I, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> uh, you mentioned asking qu- a question sometimes doesn't work for other people. I was, f- uh, I was fired my first job asking too much. Oh, okay. Right. Um, that's, that's an interesting topic, uh, question there. You mentioned asking questions, uh, sometimes, and that sometimes doesn't work for other people. I was, uh, fired. I think, I think that was, I was fired on my job because I was asking too many questions, uh, because I didn't know the framework. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a fine line. It's a, it's a fine line. The questions I think I'm, I'm referring to are more to do with the questions about the specification rather than the street furniture, rather than the, the tooling that you're using. If you're being hired to, uh, be a programmer, say, a, a, a React developer, then you should know React, right? Um, but it really depends on what the questions were, because if you were asking really sort of basic questions, um, then that is going to take the time of the person that you're asking the question of or to. Um, and that can be seen as, 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 as a bit of a, a drain of resource. And so I, and I've, I've heard this before where people ask too many questions that are of a, a, a very um, foundation level and they've applied and got into a position where it's not foundation level. It's perhaps more junior level or even senior level. And so the expectation there is different. Um, so what I would do is use that as a learning opportunity. So for all of the questions that you did ask, you want to ensure that you are a hundred percent confident with those concepts now. So going forward, you won't have to ask those questions again. Um, the, the other thing with university and college, this is the difficult, this, this is a, this is moving into a different topic here. But, um, the other, th- the thing about, um, colleges, universities versus boot camps and learning to code on your own is the fact that when you're in university and you're in college or what have you, when you're in a group of people and that group of people is being taught by a lecturer, then you have a safe space to ask questions without having too much, um, what's the word without, without exposing too much of your, uh, of your, um, level of programming, right? It's not, it, there's no monetary value associated to your learning level at that stage. There is when you're working in a company, right? And you're exposing how little of the programming language, the framework that you've said you know on your CV, but if you're exposing how little you know to the company that is paying you to know that, then that's a different story. And 
if you're doing this in, say, university or college, you not you have a nice little safety net of a comf- of a nice and friendly environment where you can ask questions to those to your fellow students or your or the lecturer without. I mean, with only risking dropping a grade, and they shouldn't drop you a grade just because you've asked a question. But it's very different if you're you're in you're you're working, and you're being paid for the things that you should know. So it's it's a real balancing act. Act. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so that's that again. That's a challenge because it was because um, because you're saying about being hired to learn the 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 thing. So learning on the job. Um, I don't I, without knowing the ins and outs there. It's um. It's, it's a difficult one to answer that because if they, if they hired you to, to learn on the job, then you should be entitled to ask the questions, but it really depends on what kind of the questions were and, and whether or not the work was actually being done. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting, um, I, I think what I'll do is I'll go away with that and think about, uh, sort of condensing my thoughts down into some sort of biteable uh, episode, podcast episode, and, and might uh, come back to that. But yeah, certainly put down uh, a Laravel course uh, if you want to in the uh, in the Discord in the suggestions part. But um, interesting. Thank you ever so much for uh, for joining though, Bernard. That was um, so a good set of questions there. Okay, so before I shoot off, I just want to say that um, this weekend I'm going to be doing the code review for, well, it was way back in November we did this challenge. If you go to codingchallenges.howtocodewell.net, I'll put the link in the show notes below. There is a coding challenge, um, and I do, I should be doing a challenge, excuse me, every month. And uh, this m- month, or in November, I know that we're we're way back into December now, but whatever. Um, this one is to build an advent calendar in JavaScript. The idea is that when you click on a uh, a window in the advent calendar, it should display a pop up, and that pop up will um, have a link or a video or anything embedded of a, of something that you've learnt in programming in 2020. And the idea is that on Twitch on over the weekend, I'm going to be um, uh, not only reviewing the code on Twitch, which is which is what I do, but also having a look at what other people have learnt in 2020 and sharing that. And um, we'll be doing this probably probably because it's late now um, through, throughout the end of December, maybe going into January, and I'll be opening up people's advent calendars and seeing what they've learnt. So. There's a couple of levels to this. The first one is to create a grid of 24 squares. And then the next one is, you know, create a clickable uh, square that opens up a modal. The modal will have um, a link to either a blog post or an embedded video or embedded podcast of something that you've learned in 2020 to do with programming. And then what I, what I do with these challenges is, is I pull them down from GitHub and I review the code and we talk about the code. Um, that people have have submitted, and then with this one, uh, because it's 
and interactive, we'll actually go and have a look at what people have learned. And I think that's going to be really good to, uh, to, to get involved. So if you've got some spare time, I know it's pretty short notice, but if you've got some spare time and you want to submit your, your, uh, challenge, then please do so and use the uh, coding challenges, uh, channel on discord to post the link. If you go to codingchallenges.howtocodewell.net, um, you can see the latest challenge and it's got the rules and the, uh, the sort of the how to guide there. But anyway, I'm going to, uh, shoot off and chill out for the rest of the evening. Thank you ever so much for watching. Happy coding everybody. Oh, <laughs> I've just been asked a quick question about that. That so I will no calendar library, no frameworks, right? Just pure CSS, HTML and JavaScript. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> preferably. Preferably. Um, however, you know, if you want to use Vue because you know Vue or React, then by all means do it. It's not, it's not graded, right? I'm not going to give you a certificate. I give, I give better kudos to people who do this in vanilla stuff. Um, I'm, as you can probably guess, I'm more geared towards people understanding the programming concepts rather than the tools, hence the you know, the trend of the last few episodes. So if you're, if you're fresh into programming, then I recommend doing these challenges through, um, vanilla JavaScript, vanilla CSS. But if you're well versed in that and your, your day to day job is React because you're, you're paid as a React developer and you've been doing it for years and years and years, then go for it. You know, Hey, I'll, you'll, you'll teach me something. <laughs> so everybody's a winner. Um, but it's not always JavaScript, I should say. Um, these challenges have ranged from, uh, Python to PHP to JavaScript to specific framework things. There was even a challenge, um, earlier this year where we were, we built a, a game, a JavaScript game. Um, oh yeah, there was a regex one as well. <laughs> that was, that was v very frustrating. <laughs> that was, a, that was a really difficult challenge. Ah, oh, regex. I, I really am not a fan. <laughs> um, but who is? So yes, so we created a we created a fighting game, a turn-based game on um uh you know, roll the dice based game um uh in JavaScript. And that that took a probably I think that took three months to do, three to three three challenges to finish off. I might do one similar to that uh, next year, who knows? But I do have I won't be giving it away tonight though. No, but I do know what we're going to be doing, um, in the next challenge. Um, it's going to be, uh, because it's January, <laughs> it's going to be a bit of a mind teaser, I think to, uh, yeah, a mind teaser, a mind challenge. But anyway, I'll let everybody know, um, when that's happening. That's this weekend. It's, um, going to be in the afternoon at 1430 GMT. It will probably be on Saturday, but I will definitely let everybody know on Discord as well as on Twitter. So if you're not following me on Twitter, please do at How to Code Well. But anyway, thank you ever so much for watching. Happy coding, everybody. And uh, I will see you again soon. Cheers. Good night. Bye bye. Again, I don't know how to turn this off. Here we go. <laughs> bye.